0: Hello team and welcome to episode 422 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Philip James. Philip is a health and fitness coach, celebrity hairdresser, and life coach trainee. Philip believes that we are all the authors of our own lives, and that it's up to us to write the greatest story ever told. Philip's journey has consisted of a lot of up and downs, and after facing a harsh reality that he was relying too much on vices like alcohol, he turned things around and is now on a mission to help others do the same. In this episode, you can expect to learn how Philip turned things around after recognizing he was relying on his vices too much, how he reinforces identity to ensure he could continue showing up as the man he wanted to be, along with how you can become the role model that you never had to help set up your children to be the best version of themselves. So without further ado, Philip James. James. Welcome to the show. How are you today? My man, I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for asking. I am excited to have you on the podcast today. Looking forward to our conversation. I think it's going to be packed full of value. And for the listeners who have maybe not come across yourself before, can you give us a little context on who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Sure. So my name's Philip James. I'm 36 years young. I'm a lover of life. I have a two and a half year old son. So I'm a father, a husband, um, a celebrity hairstylist, personal trainer, a mentor, a coach, the list goes on. I think that uh, I'm a renaissance man at heart and I just love to see people win. So whatever I can do, whatever modality that looks like, that's where I'm feeding my energy into. And currently right now I'm transitioning into becoming a life coach for people, specifically for men, because I think that most men need an outlet and they need a mentor, somebody that they can follow. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Somebody that is going to help men shatter their self-limiting beliefs and believe in themselves again so they can like kill it in
0: all areas. Yeah, I love that. And we're going to touch on that in a lot more depth in just a moment. But I want to get to the root of why you do so many different things and why you wear so many different hats. Where does that all come from?
1: Man, that's a loaded question. I think that I, I'm i never satisfied at all in life. I like to explore everything i don't like to leave any stone unturned and i think we're all limited by putting ourselves in boxes by society standards like you grow up in school in academia and they tell you this is what you need to be this is how you need to be and i just never subscribed to that so early on in my childhood my grandmother who i was really close to she spent a lot of time with me and she was very creative person she had a lot of influence in my life she gave me a lot of questions to, to think about. And that curiosity just sparked a wildfire of possibilities. So I was like, you know what, why don't I get involved in things that burn at my core? Like, my, what is my soul telling me to do? How should I pursue that? And letting people know like, Bro, you can do anything you want. You just have to fully commit to something, and that's just kind of where that stemmed from. My mom is a hairstylist. She's she had a business for several years, uh, many years. Um, she's semi-retired right now, still in the hair industry. That aspect, I love helping people, creating value for people, and that tied hand in hand where i can create some type of confidence in people temporarily so i fulfilled that need for such a long time but it wasn't last it didn't last long so when i would leave somebody they would feel amazing and then two weeks four weeks six weeks they would reach out back out to me oh my god i need your help i need you back and sure enough i'd be back in the same situation but our conversations would always entail progress growth mindset how can you better yourself? And all of that was talked about so in depth that I got so deep with my clients. I was like, you know what? I gotta I gotta push forward in a, in a new direction. This hair industry has served me well. I've gotten to meet a lot of successful people, really wealthy CEOs of companies, high drive individuals. And I've gotten to sit down with them and really like dive, deep dive into their philosophies and what all that looks like. So that's given me a perspective to think bigger. And now, that has given me the edge to like pursue where where I'm at right now currently.
0: Yeah, I love that and it sounds like your grandma encouraged a lot of curiosity mm-hmm. in you in the early years and it's great that you started asking questions. you started discovering the different things that you like to enjoy and you didn't subscribe to the standards that society set on you as well. but a big thing is obviously knowing there's a different path and I think that's the first step and that's where curiosity and self-awareness can take us. but then there's also the conviction to go, where your intuition takes you. So first, how did you tap into your intuition? And second, how did you have the conviction to be like, okay, I'm not gonna subscribe to that path. I'm gonna take my own.
1: Oh, hell yeah. I think that intuition is something that we all have. I've had that gift I recognized early on from five, six years old, like that um, inner voice, if you will, has always guided me in the right direction. I've always listened to that. I didn't know what it was at the time. But I tapped into it and fully allowed myself to just be present with that space. And again, my grandmother, being that she was with me five days a week, I would talk to her about these things and she was open minded enough to like engage with me. Fast forward, I didn't realize that she had so much experience in like the esoteric realm, different religions. She dove into other philosophies. So like she cultivated that without even telling me. But she asked me these questions that I was able to like then in turn feed myself and then grow personally like the best teachers don't tell you what to do right they tell you how to think or at least give you perspective on how to think and she was just such a big teacher for me so the perspective of not subscribing to society standards i just been a rebel at heart my whole life played sports didn't see things through through the lens that most people do i always took the road of unconventional experience i learned through experience i don't learn through reading so i was like fuck it let's just let's run with this and it just led me down so many opportunities and pathways of meeting amazing people uh, and exploring your true potential in the creative realm, but also in business as well.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like a like the Hollywood version of everything kind of going smooth and kind of going well. I'm curious to tap into were there challenging moments along the way? Was there anything that stopped you in your tracks? Because if the Rebel at Heart is a beautiful Philosophy to live by, but the rebel usually ends up getting a lot of judgment from others. Usually, a lot of roadblocks put in their way because they're not following the path of, you know, mostly traveled, which is where the majority of time people want you to be on. Right? They want you to conform to what everyone else is doing, so they can kind of keep you in line. So, when you did that, you encounter any challenges off the back of taking those paths so much?
1: Questions all the time. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? how is this possible? You shouldn't, you're, you're dreaming too big, but I, let me, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Sports really gave me an outlet to do that as well. And what I mean by that is I played baseball 15 years of my life. And that aspect of like digging deep and going through the hardships, becoming comfortable in the uncomfortable, like practice three, four days a week. I didn't necessarily want to do that, but it gave me that W to continue, like, man, I know I don't want to do this, but I'm going to overcome this and then I can get better. So anybody's opinion over time didn't really matter to me because I was already succeeding internally and going through those hardships, you know, internally. Obviously, I had a lot of, I'm I'm an I'm an extremist at heart too. I dive into things wholeheartedly, whether that be good or bad. So there are aspects of this journey for me that led me down a dark road, um, personal development has been huge in my life. I like that aspect, but I got involved in areas that didn't serve my family where I was just caught with the blinders on. That's all I wanted to do. It's either you do this or you don't do this. And it almost dissolved my relationship with my wife 10, 15 years ago. I got involved in network marketing and that aspect really was like it was kind of devilish because they play on your emotions so much and they want you to like succeed, but they're not telling you like why you need to succeed. And I just followed that without question. And then all of a sudden, like, I was in a sticky situation where I wasn't communicating with my wife. I was like, babe, you don't understand. This is what we need to do. And I wasn't taking her, her support into consideration. And I think that's a really big hindrance in people like me that have that extreme personality. It's like all in or nothing. But there's nuances to everything and there's that internal dialogue like we were talking about earlier that you have
0: to listen to as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I was having a conversation with some life coaches this morning, funnily enough. And it's interesting that when you encounter something that is really, really helpful to you, really advantageous, like that extremist mindset when it comes to applying yourself to sports, applying yourself to a particular industry in which you want to thrive in it is the most incredible thing that you could possibly have because you've got an edge you've got this advantage that not many other people will have especially if you are on a sports team for example you know most people are relying heavily on talent but then you from time to time get that person who's talented and also has the work ethic of an animal and then you know then those are the legends those are the greats right but the same thing that actually served us as our positive also then becomes our greatest challenge because of then we encounter to different things in life where things like you said require a little bit of nuance maybe you are focusing on this network managing or sport or whatever it might have been so much but then recognizing that that approach doesn't actually work in my relationship i can't apply an extremist re- approach in my relationship or maybe i can't be as extreme as i used to be because i've got a factor in other people who don't kind of think in that same way and i've also found that when it comes to having that all or nothing that extreme mindset it's like it's amazing But quite often, someone who at least has got your back and has got your best interests at heart, like your wife, for example, can provide those soft advantages and those like pushes in the right direction that are your blind spots, right? And you think, this thing has been so good for me? And then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, I can listen to this still, but I need to leave a little bit behind. So how did you manage that course of like utilizing something that would serve you so well, but all of a sudden was starting to present you with challenges too?
1: I think that... We got to a point where we were splitting, and so we were we were changing so fast in in both of our directions that um, we hit a wall. And it was like, are we going to continue this, or are we not going to continue this? And it got down to that point where it was like, are we going? You know, what are we what are we really doing here? Well, the dream is this. So we we put our egos aside, which is very hard for us to do because we're both ego driven. Um, we all are, right? <laughs> and it really, yeah, it really served us well, we were able to go to therapy and do all these things that um, most couples like, look at as a taboo, and in turn gave us the strength to be vulnerable and, and real with each other without
0: like judgment. And so we were able to like, put those pieces back together and start rebuilding anew. Yeah, that's powerful. And as you mentioned, it was just a sense of both coming to a stage where you had to put your ego to a side in order to address those problems, which I think is probably one of the most powerful things that we can both do, especially when you also recognize that you know, if you do want to focus on this vision in the future and you do want to go ahead and achieve it, then you have to recognize you're on that same path. You're on the same team. And then it's just a case of, like you said, moving the ego out of the way and then having that vulnerability to speak, which sounds like it turned things around for you. And something that you didn't mention during the story of your childhood and everything was a father figure. And it's interesting to me that you want to work specifically with men and allowing them to fulfill their biggest potential. Is there a reason behind that based on, I'm assuming here, I don't know if there was an absence of a father, but... Based on what you want to work on, and based on the lack of mentioning, is that am I pulling on the right string here?
1: Excellent question, man. I love I love that topic. I didn't bring that up; it just organically kind of filtered into the story. So my parents are still together. They've been together for thirty seven years, I believe thirty seven or thirty eight oh, wow. years. So they're still married. My dad was awesome. I had a I had a dope childhood. My dad was there a lot of the time, but he never had that masculine essence. So, that right there, I was never fed that masculine energy that I had deep down. Being again, talking what we've mentioned before in this conversation is very driven, very go getter mentality. Like, that wasn't fed to me early on. And I'm almost like, I'm almost becoming what I needed as a child in order to like provide this aspect for other men. My dad was there. He was like, he, he was there, but he, he was really, um, he was a, let's see, he let his emotions get the best of him. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that he, that he let his emotions take over, um, through, I won't even get into too many details, but, and that's because of his upbringing. So I'm not going to like sit here and judge him on that. He did the best he could. I understand how you know, where he came from. But he also had a he had a temper. He had a very, very temper. And I, I look as I look at that from like a martial arts standpoint as like weak. And you're not in control of your emotions. and You're not in tune with that. It's like masculinity can look can be looked at as toxic. However, if you blend both energies, and you're really focused on like the divine masculine is what they say, and combining that feminine with that masculine, um, then you really get to like put yourself together in a, in a position where you can be that masculine man with a loving heart and be in control of your emotions and really like
0: lead by example and not have to like beat someone into submission to listen to you. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I would always say, as you mentioned in the martial arts world is a weakness, right? It's quite often seen as anger and aggression being something that's typically portrayed as masculine, but realistically is that Can you control that aggression and anger? Can you channel it in the right areas at the right time? Like, that's the power. And realistically, in the modern day that we live in, unless you have an enormous emergency, realistically, no one should see that. Like, your family would probably not see that unless you were in terrible circumstances, which you wouldn't wish upon anyone. Like, we're not on the battlefield anymore, unless, you know, we're going to the military. But we don't live lives that are deeply difficult where we need to be ready to go to battle at any moment so in reality if someone sees us being angry or out of control in that sense in 2023 and it's not you know within a martial arts studio or even any on the battlefield or something like that for me that screams weakness and I assume you have the same opinion as well
1: yeah I do I think that a strong person is able to understand emotion and wage war on your impulses impulses will definitely take us to the extremes if we don't understand that but we don't spend enough time with ourselves in solitude to realize that this is we're an observer of our emotions we're an observer of our thoughts rather than like this is who i am in this moment and i got to act on this right now and so that takes time and it takes a lot of like self-respect to be like okay let me sit here in silence because it's uncomfortable it's, 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 it's really, really uncomfortable, but it serves us long-term when we're able to really like visualize and see who we are at our core and be like, you know what? I get you. I understand why you're doing this, but realize this, this is not you all the
0: time. This is, this is a fleeting, fleeting energy. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes comes from Susan David. She wrote the book, Emotional Agility, and she said, emotions are data, not directives. Oh, and that's for something that sure. all. Yeah, that's something that always stuck with me in the sense of like, it's giving you an indication of something that is trying to promote some type of response. But if you can sit with that, if you can listen to it, if you can understand it, instead of think of it as the directive of what I need to do in this moment, that's where you get the power. And I think if so many people just start to look through their emotions with that lens, instead of kind of being wildly led by them in this chaotic kind of way, because that's what the nature of emotions, if we kind of lean into every single one, And it's beautiful when we do, when it's joy and it's happiness and it's flow and everything along those lines. But when it's anger, when it's frustration, when it's sadness, and we're being kind of yanked by those as well, and we're thinking of them as directives, that's when things, you know, turn bad pretty quickly as well. So coming back to that topic of masculinity, obviously you recognize at some point in your life, you can maybe share that with me as well, that the dad wasn't necessarily that masculine male role model that you needed At which point did you realize that first? And then what did you then go do with that information in terms of creating the version that you ultimately knew you wanted to be?
1: That's such a powerful question and a very vulnerable answer I'm going to give because I think everyone deserves like that vulnerability from me. And that happened. There was a very specific moment, a turning point for me when I was, I want to say probably 10, maybe 10 years old. And we were coming back from my sister's, I have a sister, she's three and a half years younger than I am. She had a softball game, my dad was coaching, we had come back from a uh, from a tournament, and we were in the parking lot, and some guy that, again, my dad has a temper, so there were some words that were being shared, and he was punked in front of my mom, in front of my sister, in front of myself, in the parking lot, and kind of like, cowered. So I was like, fuck that uh i'm never gonna let that be an i'm never gonna allow that situation to happen in front of my family be dangerous by i think men are violent by design courteous by choice and being able to control that right but like figure that out how are you that can you be that person you're violent with your words but you can't back it up so that really like dug a really deep hole into my heart because i was like this is my father i respect him i look up to him but then yet I just in the heat of the moment, like he didn't ah, he didn't step up. You know what I mean? And didn't I saw that as like a real weakness and I never wanted to feel that ever again. So that's when I started diving into more of like martial arts philosophy personally, like behind closed doors, um, wrestling, fighting games. All that was kind of like influential and inspiring to me to like want to do. I got involved in martial arts and jujitsu. I'm a purple belt. I've been doing jujitsu now for about 12 plus years. I've competed and it's been a great modality. I've learned a lot through that aspect, that arena about myself personally. And it's good. Like, it's good to know that I can go out and like defend myself if needed, right? Because we're talking about that. We live in a very comfortable society. Let's not get it twisted. We live, it's a good time to be alive right now. But there are times where situations arise and you want to have that capability for your family.
0: Yeah, it comes back to the quote that someone told me recently on a podcast. It's like, better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener a war- in a, on a battlefield, essentially, right? Dude, and that's the best quote that, ever. Yeah, right? And it's like, it's that knowledge that you're already... And it's not a sense of saying that you ever need to use it. And as I mentioned earlier, in the society that we live in, realistically, you shouldn't need to. But there's this quiet confidence and this calmness aura about you when you know you can. And you know that you're not provoking these situations as well, like kind of you saw as your example when you were much younger as well. But it's crazy that from 10 years old that that was imprinted on you, kind of led you to who you are today? What are some of the other key practices that you saw in your life? Because obviously you were able to learn a lot from martial arts, but I imagine it has a lot of the answers, but also maintaining that level of discipline with yourself, with your emotions and everything along those lines, that takes practice, that takes work and it takes a lot of discipline as well. So talk to me about that journey of how you kind of continue to reinforce that identity that you wanted to create for yourself.
1: Most of my life I've been one foot in, one foot out. I have a lot of talent, and I'm able, I have the ability to do a lot. It's kind of like a gift of mine. But anytime something got a little too challenging or I needed to step it up and level up where I was depend, like people were depending on me, I kind of like let the foot off the gas, if you will. And that ultimately led me into like mediocrity and I got comfortable. So I started doing, I never fully like went in a hundred percent and I it wasn't until more recently, I got to fast forward to backtrack, but it wasn't more until more recently that last year, October 1st, which was is my birthday, I had a real reality check. And that reality check came in the form of embarrassment and shock and just, I guess, embarrassment more than anything. My wife came to me again. We have a two and a half year old son at the time. He was a little younger. It was my birthday and I was I was diving into so many vices that just didn't serve the family dynamic. And my wife, it was like a come to come to Jesus moment with her, and she was like, "What? Are, what? Are, again? What are we really doing? You have a son. You committed to this, and you're not fully like living up to it." And at that moment, I was like, "Fuck, man! I gotta, I gotta really step up here. I gotta change some things around." And that's where the discipline that I've always had in the back of my mind and in my heart, fully committing to that, and waking up and having a morning progress or a morning routine rather. And that has served us in the last year more than anything. We're the closest we've ever been My uh, with my wife. We're so vulnerable with each other. We're just like, she. she's an inspiration and influence to me. But not only that, my son deserves the best for me. He deserves that excellence for me so he can see that growing up as well. And I couldn't do that by being one foot in, one
0: foot out. I had to fully commit to something finally. And he was the reason why. Yeah, that's powerful. And you mentioned that, Limiting beliefs is a big part of what you think about and what you want to encourage people to step away from What was the limiting belief behind stopping you from really going all in on these things that would help you With all areas of your life ultimately fear It's one word simple. It's fear. I
1: think it holds everybody back. I was fearful of success fearful of what that would look like Um, fearful of having that pressure um, I wanted an, I wanted an, er, an area of escape if needed, and so that was that held me back with a lot. I didn't fully again fully commit to everything, and it was it was like, what am I? I really want to live a life of excellence, but I'm not. I'm wishing for something more than I'm willing to work for it. And then that really changed the game.
0: Yeah, that's such a eye opening moment, right? When you recognize, and I say this a lot, it's like, don't be upset the results you didn't get from the work that you didn't do and I think that realistically you've got to take that moment where you just look in the mirror and think okay well I am the common denominator here right and as much as I want to escape these situations and these things it's like it keeps following you around until you ultimately face it and obviously you got that inspiration from your son you've been working on it thereafter as well and what allowed you to let go of that fear because of that must have been with you for 30 plus years.
1: Yeah, bro, I think we're like cut from the same cloth because you you have a lot of these these uh, theories and uh, quotes that I, I, I hear and I've read o- over the years. So I appreciate the energy exchange first and foremost. That's really, <laughs> that's really cool. The aspect of fully like diving in is, again, I'm going back to everything that I've done in my life has served me as a lesson because I choose to look at it that way. People that I've served in the hair industry, they have people that I respect people that have built companies that have multiple houses that live a proper life, like as if they were being documented full time. And I'm like, damn, I really admire that. I love that you live in a glass house. Like, tell me more how to do that. How do you like, what, how do you see things? And I'm, and I don't think a lot of us get around those type of people when we were younger to realize that that is a possibility in life, that that is like what that's normalized. And after being around a lot of these successful individuals that have a family dynamic that have you know financial success and also like internal success i was like i want that i want that for my family and that's possible and that's doable i think everybody is the same like you're me and i'm you but you're a different version of me and you hold your you're you because of your habits and what you do on a day-to-day basis and if i was doing those same habits and living that same life, I would be essentially a copycat of you. And so I see that that's possible. And I wanted to dive into that. It's like, it's a timeline. It's like, we have so many different versions of ourselves out there. Every single one of the people that you meet is a version of yourself. And that excellence that I've seen through the hair industry and meeting these people, I'm like, let's go. Let's like, let's, let's fully like, let's fully do this.
0: And you know what? I'm done. I'm done being fearful. Yeah. I like that aspect of like looking into people and recognizing that you can take aspects of their lives and ultimately the only difference is Maybe in your makeup on a deep down level and also your daily circumstances. But outside of that, when it comes to the things that they've achieved, or the life that they live and the lifestyle and values that they live by, ultimately, realistically, you can take that for your own. It's not unique. And I think that the more you start traveling down the path and you get the similar results, you're like, oh, wait a minute, right? And when it comes to the very, very surface level as well, it's like, well, everyone's human right? And yes, we started out with different circumstances. We started out with different scenarios in which led us with this direction or this direction, some more disadvantaged than others. But ultimately, if you're in that stage where you're self-aware enough to say, I have a choice and I can make the decisions to move down this path, you can do pretty much anything. I love the aspect of you taking that from other people as well. Because I think something that men especially have a real big challenge with is looking at other men as role models. I think that we have a big issue when it comes to like, well, unless it's someone like super out there. Like for me, it might be like Cristiano Ronaldo. I can admire Cristiano Ronaldo, (laughs) but I can't admire the guy who's just like a couple of steps ahead from me because then the ego kicks in, right? So it's nice that you've seen people, obviously they're successful people, but you've just taken aspects of like, these people are pretty close to me and I want to emulate some of that. So how do you put your ego to the side and recognize that actually this person is someone to learn from and not to envy? Bro, that's such a hard one to do because I'm like an
1: ego is such a driver. Um, but checking my ego, healthy egoism, again, diving into philosophies and reading and, and spending that time in books. And these are traditions and wisdoms that are passed down through centuries and eons of like learning through people that are really like really, really done this life, like done it right. And I understand, again, through just martial arts and being in competition, like you either win or you lose, but lose with grace. And I don't think people lose enough and people walk around with a puffed out chest because they never actually gone through these situations where it's tested them physically, mentally, spiritually. And they have a they're very del- delusional. So it's like they have to have an ego check at some point. I don't know where, when that will come. Some people are incarcerated because of, of things that they, they just let their ego push them over the edge with. And, um, I'm thankful enough to never have gone in that direction because of sports and because of tournaments and all these other things. So like you were, like you were mentioning earlier is that you don't necessarily, or people will walk around with like a big chest and and a big head, but because they're living they're they're living in an internal bubble and they don't realize like who, who else is around them. And again, we, we need,
0: we learn by love. And sometimes that love is is hard truths. Yeah, it's very, very true. So admiring and looking at those people that have started to inspire you, what are some of the characteristics that you've recognized as being A, come up on a frequent basis you know i find the success leaves clues and then especially with the amount of people i speak to on this podcast as well it's like well this characteristic seems to be the same as this characteristic and this person and this person and you start seeing these things within different people and like ah, wait a minute there must be something here what are some of those characteristics that you've seen and you've been like yep i need to apply this to my life if i want to start reaching the heights that i really want to uh
1: first and foremost that is again, that's something that's kind of I've, I've started employing in the last year more specifically. That right there, it is, I, I see as success is subtractive. And what I mean by that is that you are able, time is not our greatest resource, it's energy. And so, how do we put the right energy in the right places? If we're spending too much energy putting, and again, I'm not telling people what to do and how to live their life, but this is what served me and what I've seen people in the success world do is they cut, they cut drinking, they cut other aspects that keep them in a, that have negative downfalls, and you're in this perpetual cycle of catching up, and you're never you're never able to get ahead if you're diving into these vices that don't that are that don't serve you. And so fully committing to that, I mean, my wife and I were drinking a lot. We were drinking heavily and we've gotten rid of that. And since we've gotten rid of that, our life has changed drastically. I mean, we're so much more clear, not just with each other, but internally. So like our antennas up and we're able to like listen to our intuition and fully dive into like our conscience telling us that this is the direction that we need to be in. Follow this with purity and it's true because I'm not masking it anymore.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. What are the other things that you've come away with? So removing the vices has been a big one. And obviously, essentially, like clearing the path for yourself, right? Allowing your intuition to breathe again and to guide you. What are some of the other things that you're like, I need a bit of this in my life? Self-love. I think that that's the other aspect. Loving yourself, looking in the mirror and truthfully,
1: like, honestly, looking at your in your eyes and saying, like, I true, I truly love who I see. And When you walk that way, you're so much more free. You're able to like hit all marks. You're able to do life in a different way. You start seeing things like you got superpowers. And I think self-love is earned. It's not given. And you got to earn that daily in order to like keep that momentum positive and flowing. Also employing the morning routines of successful people. How do you spend your morning? What are you putting energy into? Are you are you? Self is in the greatest crisis ever, and it's apparent out there. So diving into modalities like like uh, meditation has really helped me like internalize and go in before I start my day, and then also putting my body through strenuous activities like working out and getting after it in the morning, and, and earning that positive mental attitude, so I can then come home and then be as of, be of service for my family. Be that savage servant where you can come in and you can actually like lead with love and be and be with your family in body and spirit. And that's that's
0: something that I see I've seen and I, I've now employed and it's working for us. Yeah, I can imagine. And what role does discipline play in your life as well? I think it's easy to get started on these things, but I think the biggest challenge that I face with people is maintaining them and relentlessly implementing them on a consistent basis that's probably the biggest thing that i think people have challenges with is that consistency long term so what role does discipline play in your life
1: Uh, yeah i I mean people trip on people trip up on that all the time right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the motivation thing is a real interesting one because i love motivation i love seeing it i do people that are doing things will mention good great quotes and like yeah man let me pocket that let me put that here and like let me let me revisit that later I think one thing more importantly that that helps at least my clients that I've I've been helping and working with lately is is what's your vision it's a better question what is your vision in life and anything that's not serving that vision you should divorce yourself from. And if you're looking for motivation, just remember, what is it? What is the vision that you're going for? Because when you see the vision clearly, you'll be able to fall back on that and then overcome those challenges that you necessarily don't want to do. And once you do that, then you start building that self-belief because we've lied to ourselves so many times. We've never followed through with commitment. And then in turn, doesn't give us that next step and we fall back, and like it's like, okay, let's just sit here for a little bit. That's kind of that's kind of what I see.
0: Yeah, I think there's so many people who are in the process of making a tiny bit of progress, falling back and then repeating that same bit of progress over and over again. And it's kind of this false sense of like almost caressing our like egos in a way and be like, yes, I am making progress with this thing but then I'm going to fall off and I'm going to go and do that same thing over again. But like there's this motivation to start things and to feel really good about starting things. But I think that the big thing is just not falling off. It's like you can start things over and over. And the thing with that as well is that the novelty wears out. And a lot of people come to me when it comes to health and fitness and they're like, I'm just fed up. I don't care how long it takes. I just want something to work. And I think that, like you said, we've let ourselves down so many times with these false promises or even these very genuine intentions at the very start but with these unrealistic expectations or commitments that we end up not being able to do those. And we slip back into those old, you know, habits, the comfort zone and everything along those lines. How have you kept yourself out of the comfort zone? Aside from having like that big vision, how do you keep that real on a day-to-day basis and not slip back into the things that were causing you challenges before? Fall in love with the monotony, get used to it, fall in love with that
1: and fall in love with the process rather than the end result. So like, Progress is power. And if you're constantly like feeding that into your psyche and telling yourself that, because what we say holds resonance in our bodies, I think that it's the spoken word is so powerful. Like saying that out loud, we're 70% water that like sticks with us, like hit singles, just hit singles every day. Hit singles every day. Go for it. The little things add up to really big results. Everybody wants the grandiose result right off the bat, but is it earned, right? Cause it's like same thing in business. You want to climb up the corporate ladder. You want to, you want to be in a position that earns a lot of money. Well, that comes with so many more, more responsibilities. You would break if you had that. That pressure would break you. You don't know how to handle that stress. And so if you're able to acclimate at the speed of which you grow, then you can like be able to like, live in a, in a space where your growth in a year is going to, or in two weeks is going to, you're, you're not going to even recognize yourself. You're not going to even like, like the person you see in the mirror is going to be something completely different. That person is going to be a beast. That person's going to be something that's like unrecognizable. And then you're like, dude, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hit this. I mean, you
0: know, you train clients all the time. You, you see it. People that actually like will follow through. Yeah. It's such a good point that you make there as well. Because if you gave people the result they wanted on day one, they would lose it within weeks. Because they don't have the habits, they don't have the mindset, and they don't require they don't understand the work that it required in order to get there. So I love that idea of like stacking the small wins in the sense of you need this part of the journey in order to when you actually arrive at the destination, even if you're focusing on the process, ultimately we do want to have a vision of where we want to go. You need to do the work in order to make sure that you can maintain that. Because realistically, if I hand you the perfect body today, It won't be perfect in a few weeks because you don't know what it takes to keep that in shape. If I give you all of this money right now, you don't know how to manage it because you couldn't manage, you know, not even 10 percent of that. Right. And I like that idea because I didn't think of that too much before. But I think people who are going through the process now, it's just about reminding yourself, like, I'm not going to not arrive there. But when I do, you can bet damn sure that I'm going to be prepared to navigate what comes with that, whether it be the stress of running a company and getting all the accolades and results and money that comes from that. At least you're going to know what to do with it. And you're not going to kind of just sink immediately because you've been building, you've been doing the reps and doing the reps. It's like going under a hundred kilo squat on your first day in the gym. It's like, it's going to crush you. However, if you do start with a bar go up to 40, go up to 50, you do your reps. Eventually when you do arrive there, it's like, well, I know what all of these reps felt like at 20 kilos, 30 kilos, 40 kilos, 50 kilos. And I've done thousands of reps now Do you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is not necessarily easy, but I know how to handle it. And I think that that's the big part that I want people to take away of like, not rushing their process and not rushing towards success because if you might get to a stage where you realize that you can't even handle the success yet and i've never really thought about that before
1: yeah dude it's it's wild right um five pounds one week incorporated over the course of like two months like your strength increases you're like this is this is nothing like this used to be so heavy for me but because of the time under tension it's like now it's easy. Now your capacity has grown. And now it's like, that's why I think mindset is a really, really key factor when training people. And so the people that I work with, I focus on training, nutrition, and mindset to really set them up for like proper success and what those action steps look like. Cause TV and film movies, they glamorize everything. It's like you go from here and then you're all of a sudden like fairy, fairy tale life. And that's not real. That's not realistic. But we like to believe in that and we like to see that because it feels good. But sometimes the things that don't feel good are the best growth factors. So that's why I say for me, I'm like, I look in the mirror in the morning. I'm like, be obsessed with growth. Let that uncomfortable grow you and get get scared more. Take more risks. Yeah, you just you build you build this this unbreakable mind i think when you start like building those like little wins win after win day after day
0: yeah and you build that reputation with yourself as well that you know who you deep down really are you know it's very easy to go on the surface and tell people who you are i think we will do a great job of that on instagram and you know in our small talk when we go to these social occasions but deep down like your self-reputation is the most important thing that you'll have because you can't lie to yourself you can smother it among, you know, vices, words, examples of what you think you are, but ultimately you never can escape it. And I always say to people, like, if you want to build self-respect and a good self reputation, it comes with evidence. You actually have to do the thing and prove to yourself that you can do the thing. Otherwise you will get caught out at some point. And the worst person to catch you out is actually yourself.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. That is like, uh, I'll I'll
0: stamp that. That's truth right there <laughs> yeah no it's a, it's a powerful reflection i think a lot of people will hide beneath that but ultimately if you step into the actual practice of what you want to be you know you know if you hit snooze you know if you skip that workout you know and it doesn't actually matter to anyone else realistically it's going to have the direct impact on your life so i like that point that you make there as well And i want to transition back onto the masculinity side of things as well because i think it's a super interesting part of our society and world is just in such a flux position at the moment. There's balance between toxic masculinity. We have the John Petersons of the world who are really helping men find direction again. Then you have Andrew Tate on the other hand of that. And it's kind of a messy world at the moment. And then you have a woman's opinion on it. One person thinks it's toxic. Another person thinks it's the sexiest thing that they've ever seen in their life. So it's a real complicated Chaotic place to be right now. So, I'm curious, what does masculinity truly mean to you? And when you are going to be working with these guys and empowering them to become the best versions of themselves, what does that look like in your eyes? You're asking
1: all the juicy questions. These are like, <laughs> these are so good to think about. Because, in reality, like you said, there are so many men out there that are doing, they're at different aspects of masculinity. And I think every one of us, whether it be male or female, Have an energy source. It's either masculine dominant or feminine dominant. And you have to understand where you sit on that and how, where you are in your relationship. So understanding that and feeding that first and foremost, being able to like realize that again, for me and my relationship, my wife and I, where we were maybe 10 years ago, she was very heavily influenced by, by the, she was living in her masculine. And I was living in my feminine and it wasn't working. We didn't know why it wasn't working, but it wasn't working in our relationship. So things, some things had to shift around and her ability to like get it after it in, in the marketplace is cool. Like she can do that. I'm open to that. I love that she can, she can hit that, but she's not comfortable in that space. And I knew that by talking to her and, and figuring that out, I wasn't providing certain aspects. And so she had to go after it and get it. And she didn't feel comfortable in that, but she never shared that with me because she was just going to she has to keep things afloat. Right. She had we have rent. We have all these other things. And it wasn't until I took accountability and started looking at my shortcomings of where we could take inventory and say, hey, you're not comfortable in this. I need to take over certain aspects of our finances and earnings and like that. So traditional values for us are very important. I don't think we understood our value system. When we started off in our relationship we got married super young we got married early understanding our our value system was able we were then able to like disperse that energy and now where we are it's like i'm providing the finances which makes her feel comfortable and she can dive into her feminine and be in the pre and be in the present space in the moment of like her feminine essence with my son and cooking and cleaning and all of that. That's traditional, but she likes to do that. She wants to do that at her core and I want to get after it. I want to be a provider. I want to go hunt. I want to do these things. So that to me feeds my personality and and then coming together, it just, it becomes seamless. We get to fall back into our, our essence and it, it just, it's a beautiful thing to see. So I'm not saying that you got to find what works for you in your relationship and, and what works for you in your personal like space. Cause think masculinity is very challenging but the men that actually want like where i'm at the men that want to get after it the men that want to like succeed and be be uh be a badass for their wife they're not fully committing to themselves so like they can't fully be with their wife can't respect them because they're not respecting themselves and so I'm just teaching what worked for me. And I know there's men that don't need that. And I know there's men that do need that. So I'm going to cater to those men. I'm going to help
0: those men get those results. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people look at maybe their relationship and they're like, ah, this woman doesn't respect me or blah, blah, blah. And then as you did, you kind of have to take a look at yourself and be like, well, why doesn't she? And it's not that she's going out there and doing all these Type a masculine things because if she necessarily wants to, and some people do, and I think that we kind of have this miscalculation that feminine and masculine energy can only be contributed to female or male. But as you've eloquently told us, is that many times it's an integration of both, and it's just about making sure that they're coming out in the right ways and the right dynamics. It's like when it comes to making money, for example. It's not necessarily going to be like, okay, I'm going to wake up, fill up in the morning. I'm going to go and, you know, bake some cakes. Like I'm giving silly examples here, but that's not the time for that. That's the time for you to go do the work that you need to do on yourself so that you can go serve and you can go provide for your family ultimately. So, but then at the end of the day, once you've done that, then that might be the time to tap into that happens, that feminine energy. So I think so many people get really upset with their partners both ways around. Maybe usually it's because of the woman is tapping in too much to her masculinity, but she has. Do because she has no choice like you said yes she has to keep things afloat and she has to prove herself within the workplace because there's a whole societal expectation on females which is another story for another day as well about how they can thrive and be everything that they want to be whilst being nurturing mothers and everything along those lines as well but on the other side there's the masculine element of the woman thinking her man isn't providing he isn't stepping up so usually it's just like you said it's a mismatch of values and a mismatch of understanding your roles so my question is how do people start realigning where their roles are without hurting each other because of I know that there's going to be a man that says today, you know, like I feel intimidated by this woman. And then there's going to be a woman that says today is like, well, I don't really respect you that much because you don't follow through on your promises. So how do we have this conversation without leading to a lot of arguments and breakups essentially?
1: I mean, you're going to kind of find out whatever you need to know. I think we're lying to ourselves too much too often in our relationships and so like sometimes it's meant to that we like split split off. And maybe we didn't talk about these because we were never taught to like ask these questions when we first get into a relationship. I mean, as men, we're I'm gonna be completely blunt, we're young, dumb, and full of cum, right? It's like that's what we are. It's like let's this just like lead by doing, but not thinking. And in a relationship, I think that the answer to that, a possibility, maybe one aspect of like hitting this is sitting down with each other. And having a practice of what are your what's your value system? W- write down what you truly value, and I'm going to write down what I truly value. And before we start, preface it like this is a no judgment zone. I just need to be upfront with you, and we need to like sit here and share with each other because we've never done this before. If we're ha- if we have the same values, let's continue. If not, let's reevaluate and see. You know who else we can bless along the way? Because truth is, is like, like we get energy from each other. And if our energies are constantly clashing, you're not serving each other. You're not serving yourself. You're not coming together. You're kind of like taken away from. So it's selfish to do that. And by saying, you know what, I'm going to live selflessly, lead by honesty and transparency. And this is what this looks like. And then moving forward from that. I don't know. I think that could be a, a, a real practice for people that could lead them in a, in a greater direction for their for their relationship.
0: Yeah, I think it's a positive place to start because of my approach of people having that conversation first with each other is going to keep people's guards up, I think. I think that they're probably not at a level of communication where they can start to take that constructive criticism without taking offense. So I think that sometimes you need to just pull off the plaster and just go after it. But at the same time, I think, like you said, just establishing both what your values are and making sure that they are aligned as much as they can possibly be will give people enough answers to start continuing their conversation as well. So coming outside of a marriage and into a lot of men who are young and they're single and they see the Dan Blazerian archetype or the Andrew Tate archetype and they're tempted by the money, the cars, the girls, and then you've got this other archetype, which is a little bit more of the traditional values of the Jordan Peterson's of the world, etc. How do we not get lured into that side of the temptation where that life looks pretty awesome and pretty amazing and full of what every teenage boy might want versus kind of living that stage of our lives, but without getting lost in it and kind of channeling the true traditional masculine values that will ultimately serve us now as a teenager, for example, and also when we're 60 years of age as well. I
1: think when we're younger, we don't necessarily listen with open ears. And I can, I can attest to that because I was in that situation. But if you're giving me an outlet to maybe share with some young men, is that focus on yourself, build yourself, focus on self-development, and then everything else will come. Like you want to attract versus chase. And if you are constantly chasing what society is telling you, you will never know who you truly are and where your energy lies. So by f- by focusing on your self-development, you can be like, you know what? I have more masculine dominant energy or I have more feminine dominant energy. So when you do have a relationship and you do meet someone, you can be like, you know what? I know myself because to know thyself is power and you have to know yourself in order to like – fulfill a relationship. You can't just come at it at a, from a selfish standpoint, from a selfish viewpoint, but we're never taught that. We're never, that aspect of like asking those deep questions is very rare to come across. And so I've been able to ask myself these questions and then in turn, I think it's my duty to like give an outlet for people that need to receive that. So that's that would be my recommendation for young men is focus on yourself. Focus on building the best you. Be the most truthful you you can be because everybody sucks at being themselves. Everybody wants to be somebody else. Everybody's trying to be somebody else. But like, who are you? Because that's what we need.
0: We need, we need more creators. We need more individuals, not enough, not more followers. Yeah, I like that. And I think that realistically, if someone recognizes that they are of the Andro Tape, the um, Archetype, amazing. Go down that route. But that's probably one in a hundred thousand versus a hundred thousand in two hundred thousand right and that's what i think realistically asking those questions can lead you to and then ultimately you don't get tempted by the flashing lights and colors and yes you might dip into things from time to time to learn some lessons and go where your curiosity takes you but if you've got that moral line of your values and that self-awareness to travel down. And that's kind of your compass, right? Like you're just using your self-awareness and your authenticity as a compass. And wherever it guides you, it's like, well, you're going to learn if that's the right thing for you or not. But I love that like idea of asking yourself questions as well. And Philip, this has been an amazing conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's been full of insights as well. I want to ask you a, a couple of final questions. And the first is what impact do you want to have on the world with the work that you do?
1: If I can change one person's perspective on self-actualizing, that you're the you're the author of your life, you can actually take accountability and change your life drastically. doesn't matter what people will tell you, you're the one in charge. You're able to lead the way if you lead yourself. True leadership is you leading yourself first. And if
0: you can do that, the world's yours. Yeah, I love that. And where is the best place for people to find you if they want to keep up the work that you do? Do you have a podcast? You should have a podcast. I feel like you would be good with solo episodes, putting yourself out there, long form for people to integrate more of. Man, I appreciate
1: that. I think this has been an incredible experience too. This is so new to me, diving into this aspect, this modality of internet-based communication, talks, conversations. I I love meeting people. I love seeing people win. I think that that's going to eventually kind of unfold and progress into that. That's, that's where I'm being led. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Highest Form Fitness. That has just started a couple weeks ago. So that's taking off. And pretty soon I'll have a TikTok, YouTube channel, and who knows, Elliot, maybe pretty soon sooner than later in my own podcast as well
0: yeah i love that man well philip thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it we'll make sure we drop those in the show notes below and spread this up so far and wide but thank you so much for your time today buddy really enjoyed it i appreciate you brother thank you so much and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode i feel inspired to improve your health and well-being be sure to search for simply fit in apple podcasts google podcasts